0: With this power that comes with success, you get a special responsibility. And that is what the regulation will give big tech, a special responsibility not to misuse your power.
1: How can the European Union keep pace in the digital race with China and the United States? Does Europe have the regulatory frameworks to foster an innovation landscape based on social values? In the 2020s, technology and innovation will play a central role in defining Europe. At stake are issues of data privacy, the future of work and well-being, as well as Europe's role on the global stage. Coming up, an exclusive one-on-one between Margarete Vestager and Robert Habeck on Big Tech, digital infrastructure, and the future of innovation in Europe. My name is Diego Rivas, and you are listening to Talking Progress, a podcast by Das Progressive Centrum. In this podcast, we will explore new ideas for social progress in Germany, Europe, and transatlantic spaces. Today, you are listening to our Progressive Governance series. We recorded this episode as part of the Progressive Governance Digital Summit, which took place from June 9th to June 11th, 2021. Margarete Vestayer, Executive Vice President of the European Commission for a Europe Fit for the Digital Age, as well as the European Commissioner for Competition, is in a one-on-one conversation with Robert Habeck, the co-leader of the Green Party in Germany. Keep on listening to hear them discuss how the European Union can use digitization to strengthen European society and democracy. Good morning. It's
0: good to nice. see you again. So good to see-
2: Yeah, it's good to see you again. Let me ask you a question. As you are a Danish politician, how do you think is the relationship of the nation states and the EU in general? Everyone should know, if you ask me, that we need a stronger EU. But when I look to our neighbor country, Denmark, I'm from Flensburg, so I have a very, I don't know, I see what's happening there. It seems to me that progressive politics. We have a social democratic government now, led by social democrats, and also our party, the ESF, um, is part of the government. So this is a progressive government, but on the other hand, it's very, but very much strengthening the national attitude towards politics. And how do you see the relationship between nation states and the EU in general?
0: Well, in in general, uh, I think the the corona crisis and the pandemic has changed it because the state has played such a different role uh, during the pandemic. You know, if someone has said to me two years ago uh, that the state will will close businesses in countries and uh, tell people to stay at home uh, and only go out for necessities, I would say, come on, you're crazy what kind of situation would allow a state to do something so intrusive. And and here we are uh, after months uh, of lockdown uh, and a different, I think, much more um, self-conscious state in, uh, in, uh, in nations all over the, the planet. Uh, and I, I hope that that, that self-consciousness can work so that one wants to work actually more with others. Because sometimes uh, before I felt that uh, if if the national state was a little bit unsecure, then you'd say, no, I will not work with others because that will undermine my own legitimacy. Here maybe sort of the more self-secure state can say, of course I can work without that being in any way a threat to how I understand myself of as a nation, because there is indeed a need for a, a closer cooperation. Uh, we saw it, it was obvious in the health uh, area, and, uh, and this is, is my colleagues, it's not me dealing with it, so, so I can praise them with no end, uh, because with no competence, just with sort of the powers of coordination, uh, they managed to, to, uh, to, to make member states come together, work together, uh, have a vaccination strategy, uh, have the green lines at, uh, at the borders, uh, all of that. And, uh, and now, of course, we are pushing for what we call sort of HERA, which is sort of the nucleus of, uh, of a, a pan-European sort of health uh, agency. And, and since there will be future pandemics as well, this will be very needed. So we need this change in the relationship between uh, the European part of our democracy and the national part of the democracy. How would that be seen in Germany?
2: Actually, if I un- have understood you right, you think that the the, the self consciousness of states is is necessary to give regulation power to the EU. Is it right what you said?
0: Yes.
2: Okay, this is very dialectic, I think. But maybe, yeah, it <laughs> is drama. actually.
0: You are- we have Habermas and everyone, so uh, you will be the one. Yeah, to well,
2: I'm used to dialectic, but um, <laughs> I hope that that it will work. I'm not so sure that if you consider also the field of work you are doing, and you are into, if you are now considering all the big questions, if we give taxation rules, for example, to the EU, this means lesser power for the nation state. So, and this is this is what we argue about. And I, from my point of view, I hear the words, but I don't believe in the in, in the, that is uh, acted accordingly to the words. I'm not so sure that this is going to happen. I'm more concerned that the EU, under the pressure, also the competition with the US and uh, China, maybe as the big, I don't know, partners as well and 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 competitioners worldwide. Will not act fast and strongly enough to um, to, to to hold this competition. So, and in, in Germany, we have the same discussion. Everyone, everyone has, I think, in Europe. We, the progressive parties, we argue that a, a stronger EU is needed. That we have to give. That we have to give more more, more rights, more rules. More regulation power, more money as well to the EU to hold this country together and to bring it forward. Forward, but um, on the other hand of the on the other side of the political spectrum, the other parties are saying we have seen in the Corona crisis that it's that a strong government and, and national government is needed to cope with the problems. That the EU is slowly, that the uh, council is not really working well, that some minor states are saying yet all the time to everything we propose and so on and so on. So I'm more concerned than full of hope that the things will work out. Actually, I agree and we as a party agree. We consider ourselves as very pro-European that the only chance we have to, 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 uh, to to hold ground in the global competition is a strong stronger eu but the con, the discussion in germany at least is very confused and it's not so clear that things will work in this direction
0: uh, here and, and follow uh that the debate is sometime uh uh, a bit with with no object and, and people are trying to figure out what what to do in this situation. Um, I think the, the important thing is to show that our democracies can deliver that we deliver uh, health uh, services in the pandemic, uh, that we deliver um, uh, possibilities for for education and, and reeducation things that allows people uh, to live their lives. And and that will have to to happen in a in a really close uh, cooperation between every member state and the union as at large, um, because there there is this strange dilemma that on the one hand side we have seen each member state being much stronger, while at the same time everyone realizing that in a pandemic. No state can solve it uh, by themselves. You, can, you cannot save yourself in a pandemic. Uh, you, it's not just a slogan uh, that you're only safe when all is safe. It's a real thing. I think many more people have expectations that our democracy delivers. Uh, you know, protection in a pandemic, vaccines that works, re-education so you can get a new job when things change. I think they have that kind of expectations rather than a debate as to whether it should be a, a European federal state or we should change the treaties or, or, or that kind of, uh, of discussions. And and I think it's really important to focus on getting these deliveries right so that we gain speed. Like, you know, I think it's better than the moon landing that, uh, that we managed to do uh, vaccines and produce producing vaccines and exporting vaccines so that if all goes well, the entire planet can have been offered vaccines within two years' time. Um, Also, when, when it comes to digital, that people see that we can get the legislation right within a short time span so that they are protected in their private life and that businesses have a fair chance of doing business and are not just you know, left out uh, by giant gatekeepers. I think so, that is the kind of thing that, that we need to show. So
2: now we are in your field of work, the Digital Service Act and the Digital Market Act. How would you think is the discussion going concerning your two acts you brought forward? Is it happening? Is it? Are we fast enough? Is, do you have the support of the national leaders and, um, and the, the parliament as well?
0: But the, the Portuguese presidency, they have played a very important role here. They have put it at, at high priority. So, uh, so the council is quite advanced. Uh, now the parliament is, is picking up. There was a very broad interest. So it took a bit of time before they decided who should deal with it. Um, but I think all in all, there are an, still a number of important discussions to be had. But, but the, the basics is very positive. And there is a lot of ambitions to deliver this fast. Uh, someone said to me, "Well, you always say that this have to be so fast. Shouldn't it be good quality?" I said, "But well, obviously, but why? Why choose? It should be fast and good."
2: Yeah, and good yes. Um,
0: and how then would we you show that it works?
2: How would you describe the European role in the digital business models in the digital market? In the competition with china and the u.s so the two acts you know brussels bureaucracy is very complicated people are not reading your acts but if if we can explain what's happening there that you and the commission but you in person as well are trying to to invent a european understanding of digitalization maybe if you get the broader picture there would be also more political enthusiasm into it. So how would you describe your work and the specific role Europe could play in the digitalization in the competition with China and the US?
0: Well, this, this is, for me, really, really sort of center for, for whatever even made me go into politics. That creating a society is about democratic decisions as to how we want to shape it. And and this is the same thing now uh, that we use technology to shape a society uh, in our democracies because the the Chinese model is not like that. I think a European model where it's based on democracy here, the starting point uh, also for digitization is the integrity and the dignity of each and every one of us. Uh, And that is, that is not just business-driven. It's not sort of a, a fundamental, just a laissez-faire capitalistic model. It's indeed a social market model where, where the starting point is, is the democracy. And that it's 100% legitimate that we take decisions as to how, how we want to frame things. And within this framework, we say, okay, then go compete uh, and make the most of it. But but we set we set the the frames uh, for our society in in our democracy and, and that is European. Uh, and Can here we actually have Europe. It
2: sounds, of course, very very good. Also for me, in my ears, it's, it's it, the sound is familiar, and I would like to believe it. But actually, I'm not so sure that this is that we have the chance to have a strong role with it because of the specific kind of how digitalization works. So if you say on the other, on the one hand is China, and you can say they use digitalization to to, to strengthen the role of the state. And on the other hand, you have the U.S., where everything is basically capitalistic and business-driven. And then we have the European model where it's for the people and uh, the social... Economic, social welfare is the most important thing, but the um, the power of the digitalization is all about use. So if you are if you have more regulations, people can say no, you shouldn't use my data for this or that. We have a stronger taxation. We wouldn't we lose track in the race for new ideas, technologies, firms. See what I mean? This, this, the, the, the more regulated a market is, the worse for the progress. And this is of course something good. I'm not arguing against it, but I'm concerned that we that the the rules of the old economy are not applied to the rules of the new digitalization and the digital economy, because the other, I know, competition partners are so so much more forward they are faster they use china has billions of data for, of their people which is bad of course it's a horrific idea for europeans but of course they can use the data and they are they are more advanced than we are and the us on the other hand do the same there are no no so strict regulations they also have more data they use the data they invent more firms they do the next step and we stick to our own old good Value rules, but
0: aren't we losing track? You what see what I mean. Yes, I see what you mean. But what, what's the alternative? There, there is no alternative but to stay true to who you are. I think we would be lousy Chinese. I think the Chinese are really good at being Chinese. We have no chance in being Chinese. But, but it's amazing I've achieved in Europe. Europe is the best place ever to live on this planet, and especially if you're a woman. And that has come from, from the way other and from the way we interact with the world. And, and I think that what we do right now actually is, is future-proof and it is creating uh, markets. Uh, for instance, the, the, the regulation we propose on artificial intelligence that if you use it, uh, for instance, to help you uh, giving access to unemployment benefits, you will only use it if, if you think that it will live up to your expectations that it's not biased, uh, that people are seen as who they are and not as their postal code or their gender or their, their background. So if, if you can trust technology, you will use it much more also in situations where it's quite refined, uh, what, you, what you will do. And the second thing is that I, I think we have learned from, from the mistakes of, of the last 10 years. We never provided a digital single market uh, as, as, uh, as in the US. We never had the same sort of dynamic capital market as they had in the US. That we are now changing. And the second thing would say that um, now when everything becomes data, you know, agriculture uh, also becomes digitalized, uh, energy, uh, transport, health, education. When it becomes industrial, that is when sort of the European industrial culture can kick in uh, and we can make the most of it. And and if you look at sort of this uh, shopping spree that uh, Google has been on in in Europe, you know, this is one of the big ones, the ones you hate where you come home with a lot of bags. Um, Then you see that Europeans have a lot of startups, a lot of clever people, a lot of ingenuity to to figure out what to do. Um, I think our main challenge is to find the self-confidence and to do things fast. Because I completely share your point that things have changed. And one of the most important things that has changed is speed. We simply need to be faster. I agree that we have a lot of startups and
2: uh, clever people. But I also hear from the community that if you have reached some level, some big company is coming and it's never a European company because they aren't. And they are... Either buying the company and bringing your ideas to the, I don't know, to the trash bin because they don't want to, want to have, um, competition in that, in that field, or they use it for their own purpose. So you ask, what is the alternative? Actually, of course, coming from um, a value politics, there is no alternative, but we, we could, I think your path will only work if we use Europe also as a power bank so we need if if we want to go our own way we need more money to hold the ideas in europe in, invent our own programs and firms and technology that we are not uh, have to rely on um, china uh, modems and the g5 technology that we Have our own Twitter maybe sometimes, and not always fight against the U.S. or maybe later on the Chinese Chinese technology, but bring forward our own, yeah, our not only only not only our own market model or understanding of how society works, but also the ability of the heart and the software. So and. Yeah, and Therefore, it has to tackle all other fields of politics as well. Actually, fiscal politics, Europe should invest more in firms, in, 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 I don't know, own data companies. Otherwise, I think we are only the ones who say, okay, this is our market, you shouldn't behave like this or that. But we don't have an own power of ourselves. And this is exactly
0: the reason why while wow, we have put such an effort in, in actually making a European digital single market so that you get the volume of the market to give you room for grow, to grow. But the two things are absolutely crucial. Uh, and the first is capital. Because we have a culture of going to the bank and creating more debts instead of going to the marketplace and selling the, end of the business to get new capital on board and to get new competences on board because really often if, if you meet uh, venture capital, they will bring more uh, than just capital. They will also bring uh, new knowledge uh, that is needed for the scale-up uh, of the company. And, and the second thing is that you need to be able to find uh, high-skilled people. Uh, I think uh, about half of, of all smaller businesses, they say the most important barrier for our growth is that we cannot find the people that we would want to hire. Uh, And and this is again, uh, I think it's a, it is seen as a soft thing, but it's really a hard strategic uh, priority that more of us get not only basic skills, but also really high level skills, in particular when it comes to digital, because otherwise it will not be possible to have this full integration of digital technologies in all the different sectors that will create the data that will then again be a fertile ground for for more innovation. Uh, And then last but not least, that we get used to or want to share data with, with for instance, uh, uh, European public uh, data pools uh, or business data pools, rather than just signing it all off uh, to U.S. companies, because it, it is a strange thing that many people will not give their data for research and innovation in Europe, but they happily sign off their data to uh, private, ungoverned uh, businesses outside of Europe. And, and that we have to work on as well. And here we hope that the, that the European uh, e-identity can give people that kind of control so that you can you can lock in and identify yourself in a way that just, just you know, opens every gate to, to the data that you create yourself.
2: But don't you think that the different countries in Europe have different cultures? I mean, we talked about Denmark and Germany before we started the recording. And uh, in Denmark, the testing, the coronavirus testing, is very, very digitalized. digitalized. In mm-hmm. Germany, we have this paperwork all the time. Um, we, you have this CPR code number where all your data lies behind one number, your income tax and your security data and uh, health security data and, and, and health data. And in Germany, we have this is forbidden. We, we won't use it. It's, uh, we discuss it a lot, but also my party thinks that data protection is, um, tackled very hard if we use it all for with one number and every um, state sector is combined with all the others. So the state knows too much. So it sounds good when you talk about the Digital Service Act and the Digital Market Act, but all the, the big Europe, all the inhabitants of Europe, if they if they are in one system or in in comparable systems, I see that there is a known strength. But if every country is doing its own small business, how should that be work? How should we be able to compete with big markets like China or the U.S. if even Germany and Denmark couldn't stick to the same rules?
0: I I think we, we, we need to accept that with our history, Comes approaches that cannot be changed. That there is a reason why you're in Germany has a, a one approach to the state, and we in Denmark have a different approach to the state. Um, and and those reasons are historic. And the thing is that history is is one of the most unpredictable things in your life uh, because we were not there. Future we try to create, but history oh, it can be reinterpreted over and over and over again. But, but we are still somehow stuck in the culture that it has given us. My point would not be to say that we should have one system, but that national systems could talk together. Uh, for instance, I have uh, the Danish uh, way of identifying myself when I do payments, uh, when I log in to see my test results, uh, when I, I download uh, on my phone sort of what they call the Corona Pass. Uh, because I had COVID, so I'm immune, so I can show this uh, when I go to the hairdresser in Denmark or something like that. Uh, and now I have also what we call the, the digital certificate for my vaccination, so that I can show that at borders uh, once traveling in Europe. And and we don't want to make that the pan-European system, but we want for every country to to give to its citizens the option to identify themselves. So you don't have to lock in with your uh, Google account or your Facebook account or uh, something, something uh, here or there. And then for these different identities to work together so that I can also identify myself uh, in Germany or in Italy or in Bulgaria uh, if I live there and and have a need of public services. And I think that's the important thing that we do not pretend that we can overcome uh the differences but that we try to figure out how is that actually a strength since it cannot be any different <laughs> that we are different uh because of our our history
2: i fully understand that and of course i i agree that europe has has a different uh way of working together than other countries that were just uh, built up from the scratch when they were founded this history point you made. My question was only if these, um, these uh, obstacles we have now because of our history in Europe are so high that it's not possible to compete with the other market competition as China and the US. So if we have these general rules under which roof we work together in our own way, it's still our own way, and not the one way that could be used for bringing up new business models on a broad scale. So, but it's just a question. I I think I made it two or three times. I'm so yeah. You see what I mean? The the regulation is fine. It's our European way. I'm all into it, but I'm concerned that we are not. It's not only a question of being fast, but it's also a question of being strong or being able to use. To apply data into business, not to be the weakest partner in this competition between the other, the other um, big players on the world. So but I made the point now two or three times, and I think I'm glad to hear that you are more optimistic than, than me.
0: Yeah, but, but maybe it also comes from not being too optimistic on the side of, of the state being an entrepreneur. Uh, I think it's for entrepreneurs to be entrepreneurs. Uh, I think that the state and and the European part of our we can do really important things in funding research and innovation, enabling infrastructure, education. But I think we need we need something that drives us, and and competition in the marketplace is part of what is what is driving also businesses uh, to invent new things. Um, and the last thing is that. I think the rest of the world is, is uh, sort of getting on our, our bandwagon. Uh, we have now, at, at, at long last, we have the same discussions about big tech in, in Australia, in Japan, in South Korea, in the US, in Canada, and in South Africa. Um, in, in, I think in, in every democracy, now there is a concern, do we get this right? Uh, are people in control or are we sort of uh, in in the in the first uh, first ten minutes of one of them awful movies where most of us we are just the uh, raw material for an economy that only benefits the very few and I think it's now we take these decisions as to what kind of model do we want to follow uh, and that we stick to it and and some of the drivers that we have have now in depth. Are, are, is this these two things that we want to make the best use of digital technologies while we fight climate change and and green our economy uh, completely? And those drivers are also part of what gives, uh, I think, uh, an, a new focus uh, and a new uh, optimism, uh, both for European businesses, but also for NGOs, for for the state, for political parties. And and that I think is, is good because we need that in Europe, that kind of. Dream. Actually,
2: there I agree completely. I think also the Green New Deal program, the uh, approach the European Commission has found is uh, this, Oslo van der Leyen said it could be our man in the moon project, and I think it is. Mm-hmm. And there we have an, an alone standing, not a lone standing, but uh, there we can be the front runner and bring a known a new economy forward and we therefore we need digitalization but we also need all the other things that are con- combined with it the uh, fiscal support the um, the upbringing of renewable energy a new energy system new energy partnership new energy renewable energy foreign politics maybe so this is very very broad and there we can make a difference on our own. I would agree with that. Um, when you when you are tackling all these big tech firms, you are tackling, and everyone is um, smiling when they when we read about your work that you again charged Google or Facebook and um, bring bring them to court because they're not sticking to the European rules. Do you get pressure from them? Are they are they just playing fair or? I don't know. Do they bring lobbyism to you and say, "Okay, if you are too tough with us, we we withdraw from the European market, and then you will see what's going to happen if there's no Facebook in Europe." Or do are you in a so powerful position that you can that you are free to do what is right? But,
0: but no one is uh, have that kind of power in Europe. And I think the the lobbying and the resistance is is much more refined uh, because it it goes through uh, academics, it goes through uh, NGOs, it goes through all kinds of mechanisms uh, that works much broader. Um, And, of course, it's there. The lobbying budgets in in Brussels, they are going up, 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 up. up. And uh, and it's like with, with advertising, you only invest in it if it works, so, so obviously, we're very much aware uh, that it's important to have a really open mind to criticism and better ideas, but it's also really, really important to antennas sort of focusing on, is, is this legitimate criticism to an idea that wasn't sufficiently developed on our side? Or is this just lobbyism uh, in disguise trying to water down uh, what we want to do? Uh, and I think that's that's really important for everyone to have that level of awareness, uh, no matter what role you have in our democracy, as member of parliament, as uh, as minister, as as authority, as uh, as regulator, um, because it is enormous powers uh, that we're up against. It's a lot of money. These are business models and and ways of doing things uh, that has a lot of power behind them. And of course, one of the things that I see is that uh, some of our cases they uh, they look like one another. It's not that you can do one case, one big fine, uh, sort of try to get them uh, back on track, and then it doesn't happen again. No, that's not that's not how things work. And this is why regulation is needed. We need both regulating saying this is how things should be you have to apply this from the very first day and at the same time to have vigilant competition law enforcement because a lot of creativity unfortunately goes into finding uh finding ways of uh, of not living up to the rules and the member states they are they beckoning up your work i think one of the important discussions is who should enforce and uh, from my experience, I find it really, really important that we have European enforcement, because otherwise it gets too fragmented. But that doesn't change the fact that we really need a close cooperation with the nat- national competition. For instance, now we are uh, getting to see many more of these uh, acquisitions, where the big one is buying the small one. Uh, it can be to kill a future uh, competitor, or it can be just to gobble up uh, good ideas. And in doing so, we work very closely with national competition authorities because they have a different presence in each member state, and they can refer to us: "Oh, something is happening here. You need to look into this." Uh, so that we get to see uh, the, the really tricky cases where it's important, and, and and this is one of the discussions that we have ahead of us: what should be the role? of of the national authorities in a situation where we need uh, to come together to be big enough uh, in order to have a real say uh, when it comes to businesses this size.
2: We discussed it a lot of times that some of the companies are too big. Actually, the example is always Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So that they should be split up again in three parts, at least three parts. Do you think this is a sensible discussion or is it too late? And if it is, should the regulation be on the member state level or the European level? It couldn't could only be the European level and but has Europe the power to do so? Or is it is the matter of size from firms that are now one firm? I don't know, too late to ask the question.
0: Well we we could do it. Within sort of competition law, if, uh, if the legal behavior was sufficiently um, bad and, and the only solution would be to, to break up the company, uh, we could do it. Uh, but it's the most uh, far-reaching thing that you can ask or order. And one thing I think one can take as a given, uh, of course, I'm speculating here, and that is, is that it would bring us to court. Because the first thing that would happen... Yes, okay. would they would say no. Be yes. Mm. yes, they would say no, and they would say, we, we, want, an, uh, we want a court order uh, for this not to have effect uh, until sort of the full case have been assessed as to whether or not this is uh, proportional, that what we have done should, should uh, make a breakup of the company. And that could take decades. And and this is one of the reasons why we have chosen this different path to say, no, we need regulation to to harness what uh, what we see, because you're welcome to be successful in Europe with this power that comes with success. You get a special responsibility. And that is what the regulation will give big tech, a special responsibility, not to misuse your power, not to leverage yourself in another market. And we'll see because uh, in the US uh, they have filed a case uh, for the breakup of Facebook,
2: Facebook and so, Instagram. I think,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: I think Elizabeth Warren brought it forward, wasn't she?
0: It was. Uh, it was one of uh, of the two competition uh, authorities. Uh, the first part of the case is, uh, I think, will will be in the courtroom in twenty twenty three. Uh, so, as, as you can hear, this is not something that will happen uh, anytime soon, uh, even if it happens. Uh, and, and hopefully, um, this new regulation that will give, you know, open the market uh, for others, uh, because big tech will have a, a number of responsibilities, um, if we if we focus on it, we could pass this next spring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we change on brand.
2: Now you mentioned the US and what they are doing, and before you mentioned um, South Korea and Australia and I don't know other countries in the world. Are you also working together with them? Do you have a direct contact with your colleague in the US authorities? And are they? Do, do you feel that they have a different approach because they have a different kind of market model in mind when they? Discussing these things, are you on the same line and they understand your point of view and you understand their
0: point of view? Um, but they have slightly different uh, legislation. Uh, they have a monopoly ban. We don't really have that. We have something that we call that you cannot misuse a dominant position. Uh, so there are a bit of difference in, in the legislation. But uh, a lot of European legislation in, in, uh, in competition law enforcement was uh, was inspired by the US uh, because of the negative role of the monopolies in the running up to, to the Second World War. Uh, the founders of the European Union, they said, mm, we need to do something. And they took a lot of inspiration from the US. Uh, and we work very closely with our US counterparts. You know, if we have a giant merger, uh, then we will work with them once we have the waivers from the businesses, so, for instance, if, if there is something that needs to be fixed, it can be something that will fix competition issues both for us and for the Americans. Uh, but what has changed over the last uh, couple of years is that the political debate is very different in the U.S. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Klobuchar, uh, a number of high-profile uh, politicians, they have, they have managed to set a very different agenda That paves the way for um, privacy legislation in many, many states uh, of the U.S., uh, but also for a a renewed interest. And uh, we hope to launch a a Trade and Technology Council with the Americans uh, at the Mm -hmm. summit here on uh, uh, mid-June. And and part of that will be to have a political forum to discuss, indeed, uh, also technology. Uh, then we have uh, sort of uh, AI work with um, with India, uh, with uh, Japan. Uh, and hopefully from these sort of bilateral uh, engagements, we can also build sort of a bigger coalition of democracies uh, because this is really important for the standards of the Internet so that it remains ungovernable and decentralized. Mm. Uh, it's important when, when standards are set, for instance, for uh, for facial recognition that these are standards that builds on on privacy rather than build on surveillance. So so we are in the process of, of shaping sort of a global community for for technology that has a democratic starting point.
2: That's good to hear. We have to come to an end but maybe this is a good good last question. At least it is a question good question for me. Are these these uh, I don't think it's only talks, but um, rumors about bots and um, using influence in the social media to uh, to to interfere in domestic campaigns from states, even uh, data security when you use uh, Telegram, for example, or whatever. Do you have do you have any connections talking these things through with Russia, or is there no direct line? Um.
0: We have what we call a high-level digital dialogue with China, uh, where we raise uh, all kinds of, uh, of issues. Um, but you know, um, the, the the European the Commission services were actually the, the first to name uh, Russian and Chinese sort of state-sponsored uh, interference, uh, and that was considered to be, I think, quite bold. Uh, to put a name on uh, what the services could see. But I think it's really important uh, because otherwise we cannot see the complexities of these relationships. Um, I think Russia is a, is a case in point. Uh, we just had the Minsk uh, uh, abduction and, and the arrest uh, and, and all of that. But I think it's really, really important uh, to be well aware as to how things work uh, online That what seems to be someone who could be your neighbor um, may very well be someone sitting deep Russia uh, pretending to be someone else. Uh, So I think good old sort of skepticism uh, towards what you're being told is in place here. If something is too bad to be true, it's probably not true. You know, the reverse as to when things are too good to be true, they're probably not. It also goes the other way around.
2: But you have no direct contact with Russia. you have no this not the same like on um, both you as a partner you are discussing things through it's just it's it's more fight than a cooperation isn't it
0: well fight may be a too strong a word uh, but we do not have the same close relationship well, if a
2: state with tries to manipulate the election of another state
0: oh, how yes, should you call in, it? Respect, in in that respect obviously, but uh you, you know, uh, the commission view on, on Russia is uh, is quite, you know, for instance, uh, Nord Stream 2. We never saw that. Yes, yes. As You are a, stronger on that, Russia uh, than we are. Uh, we never saw that as, as a project of European interest.
2: It isn't. It isn't. It's just a project of some people's interest, I would say. Hey, we have to come to an end. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much and all the best for your work. See you next time, okay. maybe live in Brussels or maybe in Copenhagen.
0: You know, this is good, but life is better. And uh, and I'll be looking forward. And uh, and all the best. As said, I will I will follow uh, the German campaign and the German election, because I still think that Germany, when when working its own interests through a European or a European um, prism, then we're all better off.
2: Absolutely, and we have made this experience in the European campaign in. 2019, it was where it was the first time that people really voted for Europe. In in, in my opinion, my my opinion, that changed something. The the younger generation, but also the older generation, they understood now that the old differences between the German interest and the European interest, this is just bullshit. The German interest should be and is that Europe works fine. So we try to bring this forward also in this election campaign. you all the best. Thank you very much. A good day. Bye. Bye.
1: If you want to learn more about the Progressive Governance Summit or rewatch our debates, go to progressive-governance.eu slash rewatch or check out the link in our show notes. This podcast was produced by Annika Hofmann with music by Armin Moalem. My name is Diego Rivas. Thanks for listening and catch you at the next episode of Talking Progress, the podcast that explores progressive ideas for Germany, Europe, and transatlantic spaces.